Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. On today's show, we take a look back at a clunker of a game in Washington against the Wizards. David and I get in a heated debate about whether or not the Cavs should have sat their stars. That's right. We talk more Hornets before 9 a.m. than most people do all day. You are locked on Hornets. You are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets. Your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Every day. Welcome into Locked On Hornets. It's Hornets Talk for the hardcore fan. Today's episode is brought to you by SeatGeek. It's the easiest way to buy tickets online. Download the SeatGeek app and use our promo code LOHORNETS to get $20 off your first purchase. We are coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful Uptown Charlotte. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. No days off here, Doug. And yes, I am comparing podcasting to playing 82 games of an NBA regular season. And that, my friends, is called a tease because we will be talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers' decision to sit their stars. We're also going to be talking about this Hornets loss to the Indiana Pacers and the CBA coming up here in a few moments. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I have a personal podcast recommendation for you, Locked On Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd. I'll admit something to you. I don't play fantasy basketball, but I still listen to his podcast because it's that good and that chock full of NBA information. If you are analytical about basketball, you will enjoy it. If you like fun in your basketball talk, you will love it. Locked on fantasy basketball on the locked on locked on podcast network. Go to iTunes search locked on fantasy. David, I don't even really want to recap this, this game last night but but here because this is our duty this is what we signed up for this is what the people listen for here's the recap the Wizards uh, played through tough defense throughout the game something they haven't been known to do this season resulting in a ton of turnovers that kept the Wizards in the game despite not being able to hit a shot the Hornets opened up the lead to 10 points to start the third but ended the quarter down 10 because they got dominated on the boards they fight back in the fourth quarter Wall misses a free throw at the end that could have iced it. Nine seconds left in the game. Batum gets the inbounds. Tough three-point shot. Loose ball scramble. Kemba gets it back and runs back to the three-point line. And the shot went in, out, in, out, in. I had time to grab another beer and out again. Hornets lose by three. They have now dropped three straight on the road. They are 14-12 and on the season with the very real prospect of being 500 when they head back to Charlotte. David, what's your take on this game? What's the story? Oh, my gosh. How'd you well, like that you know, recap? That was a very yeah. bare-bones recap. Yeah, well, we've talked so much about them allowing the three-point shot, and they actually did a better job of that, that last night. Washington only shot 18 three-pointers. Only made five, Doug. Check. And, and, so, and, and so they got that cleared up. 
But you mentioned all the other areas of concern. I mean, the turnovers, I think, are the biggest thing. And something that is not showing up on the stat sheet and something Clifford was you know, visibly upset about after the game was, again, the physicality. I mean, I thought the whole game, I thought the refs, you know, you had to adjust the way the refs are calling the game. And I didn't particularly enjoy the way they were calling it throughout. But that's the way it was going. And the Hornets needed to adjust and play a little more physical and be a little tougher with the basketball and, and know when guys are coming up, know when passes are floating a little too long in the air. And, and to me, the, the the Washington Wizards, again, played a little bully ball with the Hornets and were successful in doing so. I mean, the only reason the Hornets were able to come back, I think, is just because they didn't give up. You know, they finally got a couple shots to go down. And Wall, maybe the only thing he didn't do correctly all night, because uh, he played fantastic, uh, was missed that free throw to keep him in it. But a pretty disappointing loss. Obviously, the big thing probably, Doug, is 38 points in the third quarter. I mean, on the road, you can't do that. Even against a team that's not supposed to be as good as you, uh, you can't give up 38 points on the road and not expect to have a tough battle to come back. You know, so Clifford, you know how he feels about turnovers, David. You know how he he hates them with a passion. Yes. Okay, the Hornets had 18 turnovers, and yet he mentions mistakes in the postgame, but he doesn't really even touch too hard on turnovers. That's how you know that he was so upset about physicality because he honed mm-hmm. in on that especially. With 18 turnovers, he doesn't really even get that too upset about that. I'm sure they'll look at it in the tape. And it was an across-the-board kind of thing with the turnovers. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, John Wall on the other side had eight of their 14 turnovers. But you look across the board, two turn- two turnovers for MKG, three for Zeller, three for Batum, three for Walker, three for Frank Kaminsky because the whiz, they were turning the ball over in a variety of ways. It was These weren't just creation turnovers. These weren't just bad pass turnovers. This was, again, credit to uh, Washington for being just all over the ball and, and anticipating passes and causing the Hornets to make mistakes. But we got to talk about the physicality, especially in the third quarter, that defining third quarter where they went up 10 points. It looked like a token Hornets third quarter, and then it all fell apart. And you have to point to uh, Marcin Gortat, who got five offensive rebounds, all five of his offensive rebounds in the third quarter. And and if you don't mind, David, I'd just like to run through all of them. Please. All right. The first one, Hornets up eight points. Gortat taps it in off a of Beal missed three. Kimba doesn't bother to make contact with Gortat coming through the lane, and then Gortat muscles his way past Cody. Second one, Hornets up seven. Gortat reacts faster to the ball than Zeller. Third, three minutes later, Wizards now up four. That's how quickly things changed. This one is probably the least egregious because uh, Cody Zeller got decent position and Gortat got away with the shove in the back. But if you're Zeller on this third one, you have to get Gortat on your hip and drive him down to the baseline. You can't blocking out is not good enough. You have to get this guy away from the rim after he's already had two offensive boards. And and forget about getting the actual board. Just get the man away from the basket. All right, fourth one, same score. John Wall drives, misses a runner. Otto Porter snatches one from Cody. Frank. He can't mix it up at all. He doesn't even bother to get in get in the play. Otto Porter misses. Gortat is there alone for the tap back because Cody can't get back into the play either. And then the final one, 142 left. Now the Wizards are up nine in control. Kelly Oubre puts up a wide open three, misses. Gortat, he seriously walked into the lane while Cody hangs on his back. 
Gortat with the rebound and draws the loose ball foul from Cody. And listen, Coach Clifford, as I said, incensed after the game, calling out his team's lack of physicality. And the other team, the Wizards, they they didn't seem to have a problem with being physical with the Hornets. They're saying... Be physical. Make it hard on them. Make it hard to run offense. Bump them off every cut. Bump them off every screen. We got to, sooner or later, we got to respond. We got to respond, okay? And uh, not just one guy. We have to respond as a group or it's not going to get better. I'm sick of watching it, frankly. In that regard, do you worry that they can't reinvent themselves to what you need them to be? Oh, they can do it. We've done it. It's not like we haven't done it. Oh, I told them that too. There are teams in this league that have to learn how to win. We have to decide we're going to do it all the time. That's been a problem all year, okay? And uh, we're either going to do that. We have enough talent to win. You have to take what comes naturally to you, play to that strength. You also have to be willing to do the things that don't come naturally to you. I told them that in training camp. I've told them as we've gone along, that's been the biggest difference in our lulls in playing games, and it costs us another game tonight. So I played the whole clip, David, because it was it was enlightening. Clifford upset. You could hear the Oof. horn beeps. I'm not sure what yeah. that was, but I like to think that was PR. <laughs> like, hey, time to go, Cliff. Time to go. we got to get out of here. Uh, play. we got to play the catch. I thought you were censoring him, uh, <laughs> no, you know, that not necessarily. Clip. But, Doug, I mean, you reeled off all that stuff, and, and you were talking about, you know, just the physicality. And, and I think of one play in there, Doug, and I don't know. I was a little bit behind in the game, so you were sending me some texts. But at one point, Marco completely lost. I think it was Ubre or maybe his auto porter. Uh, under the yeah, rim, I want to. I want to. Like, I want to get to that. I want to get to that specifically, Marco's deep defense. But first, the NBA season is back, and the Hornets will one day return to Charlotte. and And you're going to want to find tickets to that game, and you are going to want those tickets to be affordable. And SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the games you want to see up close and in person this season. There's nothing like being at the game for the biggest plays of the year, and with SeatGeek. It's never been easier to get the seats you want for a great value. SeatGeek has the best deals on every single ticket in the house, wherever you want to sit, whether that's courtside, the club seats, or even the upper level. It's easier than ever with the free SeatGeek app. I have it on my phone. It's the only one I use because it tells me where the underpriced seats are. The deals, they call out to me. They say, buy me, David. Buy me with this SeatGeek app. Best of all, our hardcore Hornets fans get a $20 rebate off their first purchase. To get your $20 rebate on tickets, download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code. Enter promo code LOHORNETS. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOHORNETS today. Okay, David, so you you were talking about Marco's defense, and it's weird, right? Because he was so fantastic in the fourth quarter with his offense. It almost mm-hmm. makes you forget about the defensive lapses that happened in the first half. You almost have to live with them exactly. because of yeah. what he's doing in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and throughout the game, some of those shots he's hitting right are are just shooter shots that 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 you can see. I think it was uh, gosh, who was guarding him? Um, and not Marcus Smart, but what's uh, da, 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 da. oh god. I mean, I've done. Kelly, you know what I'm talking about? Kelly Oubre. Um, 
No, no, no. Bradley Beal. Uh, one second, folks. One second. Thornton. Marcus Thornton. <laughs> Marcus Thornton was guarding him for a good, a good portion of those shots, and he was right. I mean, right on him. I think there was body contact, and he was hitting some of those shots. So I think you have to live with it, but those are becoming a thing. I mean, these wide-open layups, and this one wasn't even a cut. Like, he just completely turned his head, lost his man, and they ended up getting a wide-open, couldn't have been easier, two-pointer right under the rim. And obviously in this game, that was big. I mean, you think it's not, that's not why they lost obviously, but I think that goes back to a bit of toughness and concentration as well. Like they cannot afford to take those plays off. None of those guys can, especially not when you give up something that easy. So uh, in a game like this, little things like that mattered. There were some corrections that were made. You mentioned, you know, some of the good news, but does it feel like to you that this team is, is searching for something they can count on like night in and night out. Because I mean, it's not the same thing every night right now. They just can't put it together and get a win on this road trip. I mean, it's turning bad. Yeah. I mean, these are the kind of, again, these are the kind of games that the Hornets won early in the season. And I don't know whether, mm-hmm. again, it's the, the, we, we knew this stretch was going to be tough, this grind that they're on where they don't get two days off to sort they're of pretty regroup. healthy. Uh, yeah. But they're fully healthy now. So they don't have that excuse any longer. Uh, there is, you know, I listened to several guys after the game and they talked a lot about getting into the film room, you know, and watching the different mistakes and, and making those adjustments. But I don't know if that's like, I don't know if this is a film room thing. I mean, you can watch something and go, oh yeah, yeah, I did that wrong. I should not do that wrong next time. That doesn't mean anything if you don't correct it. I mean, you have to, you know, find that something inside of you. I don't know if that can be corrected in the film room. I think that has to be corrected in front of the mirror. Yeah. I mean, if they go in the film room, don't worry. They won't have trouble seeing it. I mean, those those plays stick out like a sore throne. But they're also going to see that them get bullied around. Yeah. You know I mean? They'll see that from last night. I mean, I will, I will say, like, the last possession, you know, when it's obviously do or die, they were able to somehow get that ball out of the scrum and get – you know, another good shot at the three. But, but it shouldn't have to come down to that. There were several. Uh, and yeah. I want to get to this question on Twitter. Patrick asking us on Twitter about that Coach Clifford clip that we played. Is Coach Clifford in a roundabout way calling out Cody Zeller for being, in this Patrick's word here, soft? That's the word, soft. Mm. Is he is he calling out Cody specifically? Uh, David, I don't think thoughts? he's calling. I don't think he's calling out Cody specifically. I mean, we've seen Cody take use his face to stop many an elbow so far this season. So, I mean, that's a different kind of toughness and physicality. That One is receiving and we're talking about <laughs> you know, giving that toughness. Yeah, but it's across the board. Um, I mean, to me, Doug, he's not the only one, you mm-hmm. know, being having the ball knocked away from him and, 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 and dribbling through traffic, not being able to, to come up with a pass. I mean, I don't think he's calling Cody out specifically to you. I mean, no, I, that, I don't, that, I don't think so either. Cause it, it's, it, it would be too easy to pin it all on Cody. But I, I want to take you back to a play that was more egregious than any of those Gortat offensive rebounds. I pointed this out to you last night when we were watching the game. 5.30 left in the fourth quarter. Pivotal moment here. The Hornets have the lead trimmed down to four points, thanks in part to what we talked about with Marco Bellinelli just cooking dudes off the dribble. Mm-hmm. Uh, tough shot after tough shot. Okay, so Wall drives on this play Get some contact from Marco. No call. Wall misses badly. Collects his own miss. Four Hornets around him, not including Marco, who had gotten pushed out of bounds on the play. He was out of the play. But there are four Hornets, including Hibbert, 
Kaminsky, Batum, I'm missing one, but I don't, it doesn't matter because none of them reacted as Wall collected his own mid. It almost happened in slow motion. I'm looking at it going, someone do something. <laughs> Wall collects his own miss, puts it up, and they're up. They're suddenly now uh, up six. And it was, again, th- that's the Wizards don't get it twisted. The Wizards have good players, but that is a bad team. Their second unit yeah. is pitiful. And the Hornets' second unit in the first half, this is when I knew the game was in trouble, David. The, the Hornets were only up, well, they go into the half 54 49. So they've, that's five. Beep, boop, boop, yeah. boop. Got my calculator out for that one. Okay, they're up five going into half. They should have been up 15. The mm-hmm. second unit had to play better than the Wizards' second unit, and they did not. No. A lot, some of no. that was shot making. Uh, Frank Kaminsky starting the game 0 for 5. Yes, he hit three big threes after that. But as sooner or later, he's going to have to begin a game by hitting a shot. I'm upset, David. I'm sorry. I'm getting, I'm getting emotional. It was brutal. It was a tough one. I mean, I don't think you're the only one either, right? This, this road trip is turning into a nightmare. By the way, um, Michael Kidd Gilchrist closed the fourth quarter. I don't know if that's an admission that he should have closed against Paul George. This is the third straight game now that uh, a superstar has downed the Hornets. It was LeBron James in Cleveland and then Paul George in Indiana and John Wall hit several big buckets, did miss the free throw, yeah. but hit several big buckets to really close out the Hornets. But uh, Bill was making moves late. He was hitting three-pointers in that fourth quarter as well, and Clifford stuck with defense. Got Marco mm-hmm. began the fourth quarter, sort of made the switch there. I think that's a little bit of a recognition. Yeah, I and, mean, and, I and hilariously, they probably needed more. Uh, well, I mean, Clifford say. can't catch a break. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I was, I was getting, <laughs> my dad's texting me. He's like, "How come? How come? Uh, how come uh, uh, Marco went out, Papa?" And yeah, so yeah, you can't win for losing. On but this I don't. Cri- I'm not criticizing. I think going with MKG I I, in that situation was the right call. I just I think it's funny yeah. that you know he can't. It's and that's the thing when you have. Uh, the the Hornets have holes. They have very deep holes on this roster right now, um, and 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 I don't think people are like, oh, should we trade MKG? What what should they do? Should they move this piece and start this guy? I don't honestly the the tools that they need to win ball games. They've done it before. They've they've the the, the test cases out there it was earlier in the season. They have the tools within them within that mm-hmm. roster. They just got to go yeah. out and find it. That's the bottom, yeah. and that's why Clifford's upset. Clifford knows they should have won that ball game. Oh, yeah. I mean, they had to come back. You know, they had to fight back. It shouldn't have been like that, to your point. One other thing down the stretch, Doug, and it wasn't really down the stretch, but this is when it, you really start to see it with Kimba Walker because he's been so good in the fourth quarter. But there was, you know, when they're making that little run late, they're down four or five points. He was facilitating and distributing, and he got Marvin, uh, you know, a wide open three. He got other, a couple other guys some good shots, and they did not go down. But I think, you know, that's usually Kimba's time, right, to take over a little bit. And it seemed like they were making that super hard on him. They, other teams are obviously going to want other guys to do that and make it more difficult on Kimba. They're being physical with him, just like they were being physical with everybody else. But I, I, it feels like they've got to figure out a way to either free him up or, or do something because, you know, that's, that's Kimba's time. He had a little bit of a, 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 and he's having a dip lately. I mean, you're seeing that on this road trip. I mean, he, he, scoring wise, you know, it's not where it was. Uh, at, yeah, to but start that, the you know, well, here's the thing. 
other players stepped up in this game. This wasn't like in sure. Indiana. I mean, you had 20 points from Nick. You had 16 from no, Marco. No. I, th- I, th- I, th- I think that uh, uh, Kimba's g- going to be fine. And oh, I'm not I, worried about him. I just I think I think at that time maybe a shot or two more from him down the stretch would have been. You know, who knows if he makes them? I'm just saying that that's probably the ideal scenario for the Hornets to have him shoot, whereas the opponents clearly want someone else to. All right, let's talk about this collective bargaining agreement, David. Big news breaking during uh, the, the the game that the the players' union and the league have come to an agreement on a new collective bargaining agreement. It looks like it's going to be for seven years but will contain an opt-out after the sixth season. But that's a lot of basketball. This was not a, a guaranteed thing that was going to happen, but we avoid a, a lockout. There will be basketball for uh, at least the next six seasons. That's exciting news, David. What are some of the nuggets yeah. uh, in this in this agreement? Yeah, so basically what they just decided to do right was push out the deadline from, what, today? Push it out about a month to the middle of January. And so some of the highlights of this that came out last night with David Aldridge were keeping the existing player brand of the basketball-related income between 49 and 51%, large increases in rookie-scale mid-level, mid-level biannual, and 10-plus-year veteran salaries, keeping the one-and-done college Low entry. Money. Which, yeah, keeping that one-and-done college entry, Doug, which I know a lot of people, especially around here in the college areas, you know, are, are keen on seeing a change to that or something done, but that's going to stay in place, at least for now. I, I did see talks that they're open to revisit that kind of during the deal. So I think that's going to be something that's always up for discussion. And then larger D-League contracts and two-way NBA D-League contracts, Doug, that was one of your favorites. Yeah, I like this one because it's not only two-way. So what we mean by two-way contracts is that players are going to get paid based on you know what it, the time that they spend at the D League versus the time that they spend uh, called up. So they're gonna it's more money for D League guys. That's a good thing. But it also the, here's the the big thing with this. It allows teams to expand their rosters by at least one, maybe two players. Uh, on these two-way contracts, and that allows will allow the Hornets in the future to you know guys like Xavier Munford and Archie Goodwin who are playing extremely well for the Greensboro Swarm. You know you can you can contract those guys and hold their rights because really the only the only players that the Hornets have control over in terms of being called up are are Christian Wood and Aaron Harrison. If somebody wants to come along and say, oh, man, Xavier Mumford is really showing out for the Swarm. i got to get this guy. They can do it. And so this allows the Hornets uh, to develop players even more. Uh, and, and it also will attract – it'll keep – this is really meant to keep players from going to Europe. And, and to me, mm-hmm. that's a good thing for the, bas- for the you know, basketball product because what you see a lot of times, players who go to Europe, it's not like the D-League. They, they have to stay in Europe for a year or two. You know, they're going to sign – contracts because you know Europe wants to keep those players in their system so uh, this is a shot from from North American basketball and it's a good thing hey Doug one other thing that I'm super excited about Mm -hmm. is the preseason will be shortened oh the season and the season is the season is going to start actually a week earlier so they're going to knock those preseason games down to only six only six of the bad boys and I think they're going to have to look at something with the back-to-back. Or the back-to-backs have already been cut down, right? But, I mean, and we're going to get into this a little bit. We talked to the Cav- about the Cavs and them sitting some of those guys. But that's going to be a big thing, I think, moving forward, just trying to keep these guys 
as healthy and as rested as you possibly can in that 82 game season. Oh, it's such a it's such a good move because yeah. for all and we talked about this in the pre, the preseason is just way too long. It's pointless. Oh. Um, and I know some coaches want you know want the extra time uh, to figure things out, but it was just having a negative effect in in so many ways. Injuries, uh, rest. You know, and and rest in the regular season when they when they did have to do these back to backs or these stretch the stretch that the Hornets are in right now can be alleviated by this. Another nugget here: the windows for teams to match offers during restricted free agency will be reduced from three days to two days. Sounds like a small thing, but uh, David, you'll remember when uh, the Utah Jazz when the Hornets mm-hmm. made their restricted free agency move for Gordon Hayward. The Utah Jazz did use all of their allotted time, their three days to match, and essentially it keeps you out of the game for three. Yeah, days. exactly. The Hornets could not do anything because officially that money was on the Hornets' books until the Utah Jazz decided to match. And so teams right. like the Utah Jazz that knew they were going to match could essentially hold another team hostage, and, and that at least alleviates that a little bit. So I like that change too. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, that you know, and you mentioned that one. I forgot about that one. That 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 transaction or potential transaction will hopefully be highlighted in one of our new segments, uh, Cho Check. Oh yeah, that one. That one could have gone either way. That's a good Cho Check too. Um, yeah. Last one that I have here when I was looking through the changes, this might be the most interesting one. Teams will now be able to choose a designated veteran for a lengthy new contract that could go up to six years. Um, it could be a max yeah. contract. And uh, the it's, uh, extensions could include up to six seasons once the player is entering the final year of his current deal. Could have a huge dollar amount in that first year. A lot of this stuff is, we're still figuring some things out about this thing, right. so a lot of this info could change. But just from reports, uh, that, that huge dollar amount for the first year could entice uh, players like LeBron James and different to sign the one-year deals and stay with franchises. It's only, here's the big thing though, it's only for players who meet certain performance criteria, such as all NBA team appearances and most valuable players, those kind of things. Those will be the only players eligible for these designated veteran extensions. Um, This is sort of like the Rose rule on steroids. It's interesting because it, it allows you, it's another tool for teams to keep their superstars but mm-hmm. it, it allows the the voting of all NBA and some of these awards that are voted on by the media to again influence uh, how players are paid. And we saw that with Anthony Davis; he it didn't happens, get right? yeah. Anthony Davis didn't get his contract boost in his latest deal because he missed out on I can't remember exactly what it was, but he missed out on some, all NBA, all NBA. All NBA. So he missed out yeah. on that by a couple of votes. And it cost him millions of dollars. So that's not yeah. great. Yeah, they'll and, have to figure. And, and, I think they're going to have to tweak. That's the cool thing. Here's the cool. Here's here's what we should end on on the CBA thing. It's nice that there is some sanity left in the world. That the players' association. It's not really sanity. It's all money. The players' association <laughs> and the NBA were staring at this huge pile of money that they're going to make over the next couple we've, of seasons. We've got this really good thing. Yeah, let's not really let the right little now. details, we'll get those figured out. Don't worry. You know, each side sort of put away their weapons and said, let's just, hey, here's an idea. Let's make some money 
and we'll figure out exactly, you know, where, where a couple of dollars go here and where a couple of dollars go there, but let's just go and make some money because there is a lot of money out there to be made. Yeah. And I think that, you know, they look at all the turmoil and stuff that's going on with the NFL right now, you know, I mean, the ratings dip and whatever's happening on that side. I mean, I think you have to see that, right? There's a window. Exactly. Yeah. You got to make the money, make the hay while the sun is shining. And one other thing, Doug, you mentioned New Orleans. One, uh, one, one thing in this bargain agreement that's kind of flew under the radar. We'll see if this sticks. Uh, New Orleans can't take anything else from Charlotte, um, so that's going to be put in there, <laughs> and we get to keep They're all our cool done. stuff. They're done. <laughs> They can't even look at Charlotte. New Orleans, you can't even look at us anymore. That's a that's in there. Um, we'll see if okay. that sticks. Yeah, I don't think that's going to – that's probably not going to make the final draft. Uh, let's talk about – this is a big thing that's happened. We want to try to get to some more all-NBA topics, and this is a big one. Cleveland Cavaliers sitting – this was not in the CBA either. That They are not addressing this. Cleveland Cavaliers sitting their stars – this happened in, in Memphis last night. Cavs were in town. Well, some of them were. LeBron James, Kevin Love, and Kyrie Irving all got the DNP rest and didn't travel with the team. Uh, so all those Memphis fans that wanted to see LeBron, wanted to see Kyrie, maybe a couple of them wanted to see Kevin Love. Nope, sorry. It's Richard Jefferson for you, my friends. What do you think about this, David? There are I've heard both sides of this argument. What, what's your side? Yeah, I mean, I get it, right? We just talked about them reducing the back-to-backs, shortening the preseason, trying to do things to keep guys healthy and playing. And I think they have to. I mean, they can't afford to have this become a real thing. And it's already getting to that point because the product is so good. And whether you like it or not, teams are selling tickets around those games, especially when you're talking about the Warriors and the Cavs. I mean, people do want to see LeBron James. It's their only trip to Memphis this year. So if I had bought a ticket in Memphis to this game, I would have been pretty upset, even though they did get the win, which is cool. Um, but, I mean, I get it. I mean, there's so much talks. Guys are so conscious of their bodies right now. LeBron especially, okay, in this scenario, LeBron has played so many games, has put so many miles on those legs between championships and the Olympics that you can kind of be like, all right. But 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 still, at the same time, I mean, Kyrie's, what, 24? <laughs> he's 24 years old, and he's taking nights off and – and he rested um, on Tuesday because he said yeah. he had tired legs from playing all the minutes that he played against Charlotte. By the way, thanks, Cleveland. You you decide <laughs> to rest against Memphis, and you decide to play playoff right. rotation minutes against Charlotte. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, so um, I don't like it. I mean, I don't like it for the fans. I get the reasoning around it, but this cannot become you know, uh, normal operating procedures. We're going to disagree on this one. I, look, I understand the perspective of the parents who wants their kid to see LeBron. It's the only time they're going to be in town. It's blah, blah. not just that, though. I and, mean, and, they're, and they're look, in Charlotte, throwing, it's the same thing. Like, what out. if Steph sits out, Golden State comes to town once a year usually? What if Steph sits out, people would be, you know, in, in, in a twist about a that? A player, maybe. But yeah. okay, well, they sit out all four guys, right? Or they don't even make the well, trip. Well, again, I've though. said this. Cleveland is messing with their roster in crazy ways because they're the champs. They can do it. They earned, they earned the right to do that by being champion, champions. Um, right. But are here, they, here's the are thing. They, Anyone, your, your argument, or, well, I think your argument's more of a personal one, but I've also heard the argument that, you know, if the NBA continues to allow this, it's going to hurt the product overall because, you know, you, you piss off a market like Memphis and and you allow this to happen and, and away games are, you know, the, the away game draws, which your dirty, dirty little secret in ticket sales is that 
you know, especially in mid-sized markets, those are the that's the draw. Like the away game, those are where the money is made. Like the LeBron James, Kevin Durant, you know, those are the games, those big draws are where, you know, some mm-hmm. teams really make their make their cheddar. Um, but here's the thing. If you're Adam Silver, you're going, you know what really it would hurt the NBA product? If LeBron James play tried to play 82 games and got hurt in game 67 and couldn't couldn't play in the okay. playoffs. LeBron that James hurts. is not going to get hurt, Wait, first of all. Okay. He's a, he's a, he's Insert, a su- that's just the example. Insert superstar <laughs> here. If that player gets hurt and doesn't play in the playoffs, that's the story. And nobody's going to say, oh, yeah, he got hurt and he's not going to play in the playoffs, but you know, damn it, he made it to Memphis. And, yeah, but and you so can't. How really can you? That's, that's, that just changes the entire way you approach the season. They're just throwing this game away. Here's what I mean. Here's what LeBron. Well, who cares? It's Memphis. LeBron. Here's well, what LeBron James. But you says. can't have you can't have guys going out there and saying we don't care about this. Wait, game but the, night, here's the thing: basis. the player. No, if you, I'm going to read you what LeBron James said because this isn't LeBron James. I mean, well, we could one could oh, argue please. and speculate. Oh my god! Don't speculate. Okay. Here's what okay. I'm going to read you: what the man said. He said, "Quote: My coach wants me to rest. I don't buck my coach. That's what he wants, and that's what we're going to do." All of a sudden, I've been in the league. <laughs> I've been in the league 14 years. I shouldn't have to explain me sitting out a game or not playing games. I've played in every arena, including Seattle. That's no longer here. It's oh, a little shot at Seattle fans. It's not like it's my first year. I've got 14 years. I've paid my dues and more than a lot of guys in this league, but I'll ride with my coach. Um, That's what LeBron James said. He said, this is my coach. And and so right for LeBron, I mean, you can maybe make an argument, but I mean, MJ played eighty two games in Washington. Yeah, but his body. I mean, guys are playing fifteen, sixteen years now, where they used to play twelve and thirteen. And and Jordan's I mean, body started a, to. It's not a it's not a good precedent to say he was thirty nine years old. I don't care how many games he played. He's thirty nine years old. He's playing eighty two games in the season in Washington because for yeah, but 30, one he knew 35 that he is play. the new thirty nine because these guys no, you know come out earlier. What's twenty four then? What's twenty four? <laughs> How old are you, David? What are you? What are you the new of? That's what I want to. I'm know. closer to MJ in Washington than I am to Kyrie. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Here's the point. I think this is a great opportunity for parents and kids to sit down and have a talk about fairness and how there is none in this world. Uh, sometimes LeBron James doesn't that's, come to town. Maybe nah, we should have gotten tickets last year. You don't want to. You don't want to start having a product where you don't know if the guys are. If entire groups of guys are coming, I mean, you okay, can expect one or two guys. The, you not. don't want to have a product where your best players are not in the playoffs because they they you know uh, severely sprained an ankle. We're just gonna, we're just gonna rest them half half the month. You're just gonna rest them half the month. I mean, I get it. It's wearing down on people, but they got to fix that some other way because you can't well, have trying. guys not showing they're up. They're trying. That's the thing. Okay. I, here's what I like. I like. That the NBA. So if it's not a problem, then they wouldn't be trying. I like the, <laughs> I like that the NBA is looking at this and going, we're not going to make it punitive to rest players. What we're going to do is solve the cause of the problem, which is the scheduling. Because I, my, yeah. in my my mind, I say hack twenty games away and make this a, a sixty game season, and that solves a lot of these issues. You don't. I mean, you have. You'll have uh, in the NFL. You'll have like quarterbacks and and different guys starters take a rest when you're you know fourteen and one or whatever, and you know the last game of the season is meaningless. That's one eighth of the season, but well, but you only have that because normally every game matters. 
And every game yeah, does it. every I mean, game I, yeah. doesn't. That's you know again the NBA doesn't want to say that, but the, the every game does not matter. Well, Memphis that's the big and, and the neon sign that's up there right now. That's what I'm saying. Cleveland I mean, and Memphis doesn't matter. That's uh, that's you know. And you haven't even gotten to the argument about how the older guys used to play whenever they could. They're traveling on buses. They're not flying charter. They don't Backwards have all the in the snow, that we do. whatever. Yeah. I, like, okay, I mean, Oscar Robertson, just calm down. Well, I'm just I'm just saying. It might come out. They they also again they also had nine to twelve year careers instead of sixteen said, to eighteen. I, I get it, and they also didn't have hundred million dollar contracts. So I mean, you know, oh, you, you, geez, which way do you <laughs> want right, to go? Clay, all right, you've you're Oscar Robertson, you're Clay Trout. Who else are you going to hit here? I love it. I I'm love just you, saying. I, love I, you, I I understand it. I think people see that it makes sense with all we know about health and science and these guys taking care of their bodies. I'm just saying it's not a good look. Science. The league can't can't let this thing become an actual strategy. And uh, you know, it's just not a good look. I don't I don't think anyone's going to enjoy it if that sticks around for the long term. And again, they're trying to do something about it. So great. Sorry, kids. Sorry, kids in Memphis. You'll have to wait till next year to, for Kevin Love to drop 17 on you in the first quarter and then disappear. Sorry. Uh, that's all the time we have. Thanks for listening. We don't take a rest, David. We never take a day off. That's the thing. We're here every yeah. weekday delivering Hornets and NBA analysis. So, there. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. <laughs> subscribe, su- subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, give us a five-star review. Help hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this podcast. Shoot us your Hornets thoughts and your Hornets questions to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We're back again tomorrow to wrap this week up in a bow for Christmas. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm show. So what if I like to stay up late and watch TV tomorrow? 